I'm Anushka Dukas and welcome back to My Life in Seven Charms. For me, there are so few things which can evoke a memory like a tiny, detailed charm. In this new series, I'll be meeting seven extraordinary women and hearing their stories through this very special 18-karat gold biography. In this episode, we're hearing the incredible story of fashion's grand dame, Mrs. B. It's um, an instinct, that's all. It's a feeling. It's a feeling. I don't know, but I'll take a guess on it. I will say this for Browns. It did become the window of the world for buyers of other countries to see. If they saw it in Browns, they knew they had a winner. Welcome back. And today I'm meeting the legendary Mrs. B. She is the original curator, the first and foremost fashion retailer, whose unerring eye has left an indelible mark on the way we look. Mrs B has seen it all. From the Blitz in London to today's pandemic, she has a panoramic view of the many decades that have shaped the world and the way we live in it. Founder of multi-brand Emporium Brands, the persuader who was able to entice Lux Brands to London, making names for John Galliano, Alexander McQueen and many, many others. So I'm incredibly privileged to be here today in Hampstead to meet the iconic Joan Burstein, CBE, to hear all about her life in Seven Charms. I was trying to work out when I very first met you, and I think it was... It was certainly longer than five years. I can't remember yes, exactly well, when no, it was. we were at a lunch, weren't we? That's, That's right. What... And I was saying to my husband last night, I was saying, I remember meeting Mrs B, and she asked me, did I shop at Brown's? Oh, yes. And yes. I remember being rather embarrassed and saying, no, I didn't shop at Brown's. And you were horrified. <laughs> and you said, why don't you shop at Brown's? Of course you should. So I remember saying... Because I think it's a bit scary. Yes, that's right. Do you remember? Yes, I do remember. And then I introduced you to Nada. You absolutely did. Yes. But you were very persistent. You rang me. You must have rang me about three times. And now, now, look, are you coming in? <laughs> well, she... I told Nada about you. I said, this is a most elegant woman. And she should be dressed by Browns. We've got everything for her. <clears throat> She's still with us, uh, still with Browns. She... Oh, and she I'm is. going to visit Browns for the first time tomorrow. Oh, my goodness. Now, yeah. how are you feeling about that? Oh, okay. Are you? I have, I've had to let it go. Yes. You know, I'm not really a part of it anymore. That which I created... I know. But do you feel, does it make... Mm. Do you, are you I'll nervous about going I'll let you know after tomorrow. <laughs> okay, you let me know, yeah. And I'm going in with a new CEO right. and with my son and daughter. So okay, so you've got good full support. Full of armour. Good, yeah, no, good <laughs> yes, support. Yes, no, and oh, I've heard good. good things about it, so... Um, Oh, well, God, I hope that goes well. Yes, I'm very grateful for Farfetch, actually. Um, well, yeah, I mean, that's, anyway, yeah. that's a whole other... Mm. Did you, could you ever imagine that Browns would be... No. ...digital <laughs> and... <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think anything... Anybody could imagine the future that we're living in, do you? No. I well, at least know. young people could, but... Uh, well, I'm not even sure young people could. Mm. I mean, you know, it's inc- yeah. it is extraordinary. It is an extraordinary time. Yeah, really. it really is. Mm. Right. Thank you so much for doing this. I feel really, really honoured and um, privileged to hear about your story and your life in Seven Charms. It must have been quite difficult to work out what they were going to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me say one thing. I... Truly, I'm very honoured that you've asked me to do this podcast. I really am. Well, thank and you. I thought when I heard, when I was told, first of all, but why me? My, my story is so ordinary in comparison to the wonderful women that I've listened to, that you've talked to. So There's nothing I'm ordinary you. about you or all your story. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to just talk about your very first charm, mm. Which I absolutely love this idea because when I first um, when I first imagined the charm, I imagined something quite different to actually how it was. So this is I've drawn it as a miniature yeah. faux fur coat, which is what you said it should be. And you were very specific. You said it needed to be pale pink, yeah. straight, short, collarless, yes. and unbuttoned. Absolutely. And I'm kind of thinking that's a bolero. 
type style, is that right? It could have been. It could be. <laughs> so the way I've seen it, um, it's quite mm. difficult to imagine this in a piece of jewellery, but I have seen it probably in rose gold just because it was pink, um, yeah. quite textured so we get the feeling of the, of the fur. And it, I'd like it to have your name little inside it, but I wasn't sure how you'd feel about that. <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm absolutely intrigued. A pink faux fur coat. It seems incredibly fashion forward. <laughs> and what year, yeah. what, what year were we talking well, about? Well, that was when I was, I must have been 16, I think. Right. Yes. Gosh. Yes. So that was many years ago, wasn't it? That was that was yes. a long time ago. But my mother was a ta- worked for my uncle, who was a tailor right. in the East End, and uh, they were making these lovely little coats. And so she thought I should have one, and that's how I got it. And, and did it, you wear it every oh, day? I did wore you... it all the time. Not every day, but I wore it at weekends always. <laughs> and and so tell me more about your mother and your relationship with your mother. Uh, my relationship with my mother was wonderful. Um, she nearly died when I was born. Um, yes, what... I was an incubator baby right. because she had a heart problem. Oh, my goodness. And um, she didn't live a very full life, and she was always always ill so I was always with her I adored her and she adored me and were you the only one no I have another sister but she was older we had eight years difference right and we really you know that eight years made a lot of difference and your father where was your father Uh, my father was a chiropodist okay yes and working in well originally he actually was a barber on ships oh when I was young so he and was I didn't away. used to see him very much, but he used to come home and bring me beautiful presents that I do remember. And what kind of presents? Oh, he, he went to Jamaica and bought me these wonderful dolls. They were wonderful, a boy and a girl, mm. and I treasured them. But he always would, and he would bring back um, tortoiseshells, you oh. know, covers. Beautiful. Uh, he had a great eye, my father did, he did. So maybe... Uh, and then um, he gave that up and became a chiropodist. He studied chiropody because he felt that was a stage higher than being a barber, right. which it was. Yeah. And then we moved to Golders Green and he set up his uh, surgery in the house that we lived in. So he no longer went to sea at that point? No, okay. no, no. Okay. But your memory is, is mainly spending it with your mother, spending yes. your childhood with your oh, mother. Yes. yes, I left school, you know, at, when I think about it, well, I went, my school closed when because of all the other yes, and when all the other schools usually went out, you know, they had other locations and they didn't. So um, it was the situation was my mother wanted me protected. She didn't want me to go into a, um, a factory because they were recruiting girls to go into factories. Yeah. And so she, my uncle was a scientist, and he had a very good friend who had a chemist shop in King's Cross, and he got me in there, apprenticed. <laughs> apprenticed as a apprenticed, pharmacist? Apprenticed, yes. Well, it was just to give me a job, yes. you know, and to keep yeah. me out of going to a factory. Oh, God, how but that's, that's how I learned about life, actually. I mean, you must have been <laughs> incredibly unusual to have been doing that. I suppose so. I was quite a bright girl, that I do know. I won a scholarship to the um, Henrietta Barnett School, which was wonderful because it also that scholarship paid for my uniforms, which my we couldn't afford, just oh couldn't goodness. afford to buy, but my scholarship included that. So, you so had I must have been quite clever. You obviously were. No, you, no, I think are. I went. <laughs> I went to a very good primary school, Burley Road in Tufnell Park. And do you have happy memories of primary ah, and school? Yes, I do. You do. The happiest memory I have of Burley Road is I used to be given a halfpenny every day to go and buy little chocolate buttons from the tuck shop outside the school. (laughs) So funny, the things we remember. Isn't it it odd, the things you remember? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I must have been so young, but I remember. And they were given to me in paper, in newspaper. Oh, gosh. You know, in a little cone. And I would walk up Cathcart Hill to where we lived. Yeah. 
Oh, but there's there's hapniffers of chocolate buttons meant everything to me. <laughs> <laughs> Helped to get back up the hill. <laughs> I think it did. Well, yeah. yeah but maybe we should go back to presenting things in newspaper again. Yeah, it wouldn't be a bad idea. Sustainable. Again. Really, I know. <laughs> um, and so, so was your mother working as well? She oh, was yes. not very well. She was a seamstress working for my uncle, who was a tailor. All my family were in fashion business really I suppose because my two aunts were dressmakers my goodness well that 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 actually comes on to to your yes, next exactly. charm absolutely yes. but before we go on to your next charm I mean I guess at that age you were because you said you you weren't you your mother didn't want to go to the factories mm. um, but so you were really living in London through the blitz oh yes yes yeah so my goodness what yes. was that like and Tell in me. fact my, where the house that we lived in, it was the air aid warden's post. Gosh, felt so quite safe You in felt that. very safe there, <laughs> yes. yeah. Um, so and was, was, there a, was there a shelter no, underneath? No, 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 no shelter. No. Our lounge was the shelter. But do you remember being terrified? Were you frightened? Or? Do you know, I wasn't. Wasn't. Just, I must have been an idiot, but I wasn't. I wasn't. The only time I was frightened, when we were alerted by... We lived next to a block of flats. Right. One of my friend's sons saw um, an incendiary bomb had been thrown into the garden or, or dropped into the garden, not thrown, yes. dropped, dropped into the garden. Yeah. And he saw flames and alerted um, us and the whole family went out and put it out. That's the only time. Otherwise, I must have been an imbecile. I wasn't I wasn't. Or frightened. it was just life? Or was that just... I don't know. I thought it was part of living, I think. But going back to your second charm, um, which is a pair of scissors. Yes. And you were very specific that these scissors had to have very long blades. Oh, yes. Because um, that's how I recall them. It's another thing. It's amazing how I can recall. I can see myself sitting on the cutting table whilst my aunts were doing their... And they were sitting on the machines yeah. and everything and cutting. And I would look through the magazines flipping through the magazines that they had there, which I disliked entirely because the, they were, at that time, the magazines showed women all long and thin and very wearing very funny sort of dresses, I thought. <laughs> and I would sit there dangling my legs, you know, and, yeah. and I always remember them, the cutting scissors on the table. So, so between your aunts and your mother, you were very much were all women, yes. kind of little, yes. little group. Yeah. We um, were, and my aunts and were very close to me. They were wonderful. They used to make all my clothes for me. So were you directing what clothes? Oh, yes, I did. I wanted a um, dress like um, Shirley Temple. <laughs> so they made it. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. I'd cut out of the magazines. Oh, that what you wanted? Mm, because when I worked in The Chemist, oh, it was marvellous. I had a great arrangement with the... Um, newspaper shop in the actual um, railway station. And there was a young man there who liked brill cream. <laughs> so I would save him brill cream and he would save me the Ladies Home Journal, which was an American magazine. Oh. And I used to love that magazine. And it really did form, I think, my taste because I wanted always something better than I had. Right. And America was advanced, yes. very advanced. Advanced. advanced in fashion. Was it oh, they were, then? yes, because, you know, they were guided by the, the film stars. Oh, it's so interesting because I always imagined that Paris and was... No, was this was before Paris. Before Paris. <laughs> Paris was okay. too sophisticated for me. I don't think I knew about Paris now. <laughs> but I just knew about the, the Shirley Temple dresses and the Gone with the Wind dresses. Oh, my goodness. Oh, they yeah. were wonderful. Vivian Lee in the Gone with the Wind dresses. <gasps> so describe that, that first dress that they made for oh. you. Well, I think it was the one that had a very tight bodice and it was in printed cotton yeah. and a very, very full skirt. That was my Gone with the Wind dress. Oh, God, how beautiful. It was beautiful. You couldn't beautiful. wear that to the pharmacy. No, I didn't. I <laughs> oh, no, don't be silly. I was given a white coat <laughs> to cover everything up. <laughs> but just just going back to your aunts, they were, as you said, seamstresses. Um, 
And and who were they making for? Well, they had a very elite clientele. They called themselves court dressmakers because it elevated them. They had a salon in the front of the shop where the customers waited and were fitted, and then the workroom was at the back. And my grandma used to live upstairs. And who, and do you remember kind of amazing people coming? Well, I do remember the Sipwells. Oh, they were my clients. goodness. Yes, and yes, they I, were. I don't, think, I don't know if it was Edith that gave me the um, barrel organ, but I know it came from the Sipwells. My, aunt, my aunts always told me. So mm. that's hugely strong kind of fashion sense. Must, it, it must have it started. It must have been, yes. It must have started yes. from there. Yes, I was always very aware of what I wanted to wear. Um, and uh, how I wore it. And and were they all rather lovely and glamorous, your aunts and your mother? No, I didn't have time for glamour. So they were just making everyone else glamorous? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but they were lovely people. Um, Hearts of gold. I'm fascinated by this third charm. You've mentioned it. Um, but it's the barrel organ. Mm. Well, I've drawn it. Yes. But I could be very wrong <laughs> in the way no, I've drawn no, it. No, you're not very wrong. And you even put the two discs that went into the barrel organ at the top, and I would wind, you know, it had yeah, a the handle. handle. Yes. Yeah. And it was marvellous. It was lovely. And that, as I say, I, I'm sure was the gift from the Sitwells. From the Sitwells. I mean, yes. ha- that's ha- what my aunts told me anyway. I mean, I've obviously drawn it tiny. I mean, it's, I've drawn it so it's yellow gold and three-dimensional. It's amazing. And on its kind of wheels so that it could m- yeah. be moved yes, about. Yes, it was moved around. Yeah. So the wheels will definitely go round and the handle will yes, go round. you've and got I've it kind all of, there. I've housed it in, in wood, actually, so that the actual barrel inside with the little teeth, because that's, yeah. that's what I think made it, it go. Do you know, I think it was metal. Oh, was it? I the think it was thing? all metal, yes. And and what colour was it? Do you remember? No, it was a mixture of colours. I remember seeing a mixture of colours, so what could it have been? Well, I don't know. It could I, have even been painted. It could it could have been very yes, fancy. Yes, it could and have been painted. painted. Um, yes. What happened to it? Do you know what happened to I it? I don't know what happened to it. That's the awful thing. I really don't know. But Isn't it's such awful? an important... It was very important, yes, because I'd never seen anything like it. And to hear, I wish I could remember the tunes, but the music was was lovely. It was like a fairground. Oh, of course. You know, that's that's what it was. Um, And what do you think? Do you think that had some real influence on on your life and the way you thought about it? I think it was different. Yeah. I've always wanted something that's different. I think that's my problem. (laughs) Well, you certainly found lots and lots of things oh, well. <laughs> different. I wouldn't describe that as a problem. <laughs> You'd describe it as a problem. My husband would. My late husband would have done. <laughs> He'd describe it as a problem. Yes. <laughs> well, we're going to come on to talk about your husband. You said, I yes. want this next charm to be an apple. Mm. So I, I've imagined this as a kind of red apple, little pave ruby stones How around beautiful. it. beautiful. And it's a locket, so it opens in two halves, because oh. you're going to tell me why about oh. this apple. But I thought it should open in two halves, and I thought it could have yeah. Joan written on one side and Sydney on the other side. How beautiful. Be absolutely. How beautiful. Um, but do tell me why an apple, and why was this all about Sydney? Well, um, I met Sydney... I was invited to a birthday party and I was with a boyfriend and <laughs> I was at the birthday party and it was a lovely, lovely party, I must say. They had cakes and chocolate eclairs and things like that that you couldn't get Delicious. at that time. And I went to eat, take a chocolate eclair and this hand went, you don't need that. Oh, my goodness. And I looked around and there's this man I'd never met yeah. And I said, why? He said, because you're plump enough. He did not. <laughs> he did. And you married him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just, go on. Well, huh? after that, I thought, wow, I must know more about this man who can, you know, say something like that and make me think. 
And were you plump? And it did make me think, were yes, I plump? was plump. Yes. Oh, you were? Okay. Yes. I wasn't plump, plump, but no, I was but plump. Plump enough for <laughs> yes. him to think that. <laughs> yes, of course, obviously. Oh, God, you've got to tell Well, he was there. a gymnast, you see, so oh. he was very oh, he was keen on exercise. And I, I did. I used to play netball and hockey, but he was a real gymnast. Anyway, he yeah. asked me out, you see, and um, I was still working in the chemist, and uh, we arranged, I'd meet him at... I think it was Leicester Square Station or something. And I met him there. And I was a few minutes late and he said, mm, I wasn't going to wait any longer if you hadn't come. You know, he said, you've just made it. I wasn't going to wait any longer. I said, I'm so sorry, but I was at work and I had to wait. So anyway, we went into the cinema and he produces from his pocket an apple. And he broke it in half just like that. With his, with your, with, just, yes, with with your just like, and passed me the other half. Well, I thought, <laughs> this is odd, <laughs> but okay, I'll eat it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a Cox's orange pippin, I remember that, and they were very difficult to come by. So yeah, it what, was really a real gift. We? So we're in the middle of the war here? Yes, of yes. course, the middle of the war. Yeah. So and that's another thing I did. I, I I was very lucky as well. He didn't realise, but I got all my fruit from the fruitmonger in the, in the um, in King's Cross in the station because they also wanted something from a chemist that they couldn't get and I would keep for them. <laughs> so I really would get all the fruit I wanted. <laughs> but I didn't tell him oh, that. you didn't tell no, him that? No, no, no. No, quite right. Heaven no, no. forbid. <laughs> no. um, God, that's so romantic. So he gave yes. you this and that was instead yes. of what we would all And I enjoyed it, actually. I you enjoyed did. it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then what happened? So well, then, we... then I was hooked. I oh. wanted to know more about this man. And what was he doing at the time? He had a stall in Ridley Road. Right. And it was an outside stall. So Ridley Road is in the it East It was End. a market, yes, yes. Okay. And I remember that very vividly because I'd never seen... I hadn't been down a market as such, and it was a real market stall. So tell me, because just trying to yeah. visualise this market. Okay. I love markets, so... Well, there was a stall outside, and he sold... Um, Underwear. Right. Ladies' underwear. Ladies' underwear, yes. I'm just trying we to get had my head contact. This is, this is, he was a gymnast. Yes, I know. On oh, one yes, hand. And yes. on the other hand, he's selling ladies' underwear. Yes, oh, yes. It's quite, it was it's, all right. It's not obvious. He liked women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go on. Yeah. What happened? He was very lucky. He should have gone into the forces. His brother was a fireman and his other brother was in the forces. But he had an accident about two weeks before war broke out okay. and he was in a coma and was yes in a coma. yes he was oh and his father came to see him and his father said stay still don't move otherwise they're going to get you in the army oh my god it's goosebumps and his father reckoned two of his sons were already in oh. in the forces and he didn't want to lose a third one and so when he got better he had to earn a living, so that's what he did. But I reckon it always affected him, actually, <laughs> for his idiosyncrasies. <laughs> <laughs> um, and did he ever tell you why he decided it was going to be ladies' underwear? Was that No. A... Oh, it's because he had contacts. You couldn't get merchandise then. Right. And he had friends, friends who liked him. And one of his friends had an underwear factory. Oh. And that was amazing. Otherwise, he, he wouldn't have earned a living. So there he was selling underwear. Yes. Um, and, and so he asked you to come down and, and see his store. Yes, yes. So I looked at it and I thought, mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> okay, and then... And, and then, then he said, I don't intend to just have a store. Right. He and his brother. Yes. And they opened a shop in Kingston Market. And that's when I went to work with Sydney. And now, were you married by then? Were we married by then? Let yeah. me think. I really want to know how he asked you to marry him. I'm I know. desperate to know that. <laughs> how long have you married? How, well, first of all, how long were you married? Oh, 
that's all right, 63 hours. Oh, my goodness. A long time. That is a, mm. what a yes, wonderful, wonderful yes, achievement. it was a wonderful. It was well. wonderful too because he was a very clever man. He once he saw that I was a good buyer, he gave me space. He allowed me to travel. He didn't like travelling. Right. So I was very, very lucky, really. Well, it sounds like he, I so mean, you were he both could. very lucky. Mm. Now, am I right in thinking that Sidney saved your life? Oh, when he God, came? he did. He was, as I said, a remarkable man. He had an intuition that was unbelievable. Uh, for example... We used to go to Scots every Wednesday evening because it was my staff's night off. So we would go there. And we, I loved eating in the oyster bar because the restaurant was a bit, you know. And I'm walking ahead of him and I'm going into the oyster bar. And he said, no, we're not going to the oyster bar tonight. I've booked at the restaurant. And I said, I didn't want to make a fuss. But I muttered to Sydney, Sydney, you know, I don't like the restaurant. And we always eat in the oyster bar. And he said, We are eating in the restaurant tonight. So, of course, I sailed forth <laughs> and we sat down. Anyway, as we're sitting there, there is a mighty flash that came through the doors. And it exploded. A bomb had been thrown through the window of the oyster bar. Oh, my Now, Sydney and I always had our seats below the window, and we wouldn't have been there. Oh, my goodness. And it was incredible, I know. That is giving me We ducked time. underneath the tables, and uh, then Sydney got up, and he started to walk in the other direction. I said, where are you going? He said, come with me, come with me. And he found a way out, and we got out. And I said, what made you, how did you know? And he just said, I don't know, I don't know. And that was that, that which was moment. quite amazing. Yes, I mean, if it hadn't mm. been for that, maybe we wouldn't be sitting here today. <laughs> no. um, I wouldn't be. Gosh, no. that's anyway. incredible. Yeah. But do you, will you tell me how he asked you to marry him? Was it very romantic? Oh, not at all. Oh, well. <laughs> I was no. hoping it was going to be terribly romantic. I don't think romance came into his <laughs> mind about it. No, no, no. I think he said, we're just going to get married. It was just, a, it was, <laughs> yes. it was just that simple. It was fait accompli, you know. OK, so he persuaded you to come and work with him yes. on the stand. No, no, I didn't go and work on that stall. No <laughs> way. No way. It was when we opened the shops. But then I did realise that we could expand instead of just hosiery. And it was, lots, it was really leisure wear, I found, which oh. would be perfect for now. So what, to describe leisure wear then, because we're in 1940-something. Yeah. Yes, it wasn't so different then, really, except it wasn't cashmere. Right. It was um, merino wool, fine, and I found... Leggings and lovely big tops. Leggings? Yes. Well, leggings, they were slim. They weren't really leggings. Slim trousers. Yes. But it was very much for leisure at home. So you were so, always... And it was a success. And from... Yes. And I, I used to sell in the shop and I used to like the customers. Yeah. And we had enough money and we got a bigger shop in Maidenhead. Maidenhead? So yes. now we're a lot, much further away from... From where you were living? Oh, yes. But yeah. we used to travel every day. Yeah. Had a car Together. and went. Yes, yes. And that was a bigger shop. And what was that shop called? Neatawear. It was a great success. In fact, a company called Selling Court, I think, bought it or put money into it. And from that, we really did expand much too. Well, no, it wasn't too quickly. It was wonderful. But we had shops in... Everywhere. 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 How Every many city shops? In, in England, you can think you had it. Birmingham, Manchester, Brighton. Oh, my goodness. Two in uh, Regent Street, one big one in Oxford Street. And it became a household name. Gosh, how amazing. And, and were there. So and it wasn't designers, nothing like that at all. So where were you finding? Were you, were you in having England. it? But were you having it made, or were you just no, going? No, we went out? to um, wholesalers. Yeah. And selected. 
but okay. managed to select things that other people didn't have. I, am I right? I think it was. I think it was like thirty-three shops or something. I think. I think. Well, there were a lot that a I lot. do know. Yes. And I have packed in one of the boxes. I've got a um, press book from Nishwear. Have you? Yes, and you'd be amazed. The fashion, it oh. could be wearable now. Oh, God. The choices were. Everything I was chose was simple, you know, wearable. But, I mean, that... Not OTT. But that's I didn't what you're like OTT. so brilliant at. Well, it? It ha- and it brilliant. had to have a quality. I right. have to touch it. And when you're touching it... And then what, I feel it. Your, and then I you... get that feeling, that sensation... Oh, you belong to me. <laughs> All about the house. Yes, it yes, was, really. Oh. Well, that was the beginning and of that. And that was the beginning, yes. Yes, abs- yeah. gosh, absolutely. And that really was a wonderful start for me because I was able to, to buy the house of my dreams with two acres of garden. Whereabouts? Uh, in Sheldon Avenue opposite Kenwood. Right. It was a dream come true. And had you children by then? Uh, yes, yes, and they had their own rooms. And they, I had a nanny with them for fifteen years. Well, I guess you were really mm. needed that. Yes, I did. Thank yeah. you. Well, I did. Absolutely <laughs> needed a nanny. Um, the children realise now I needed that. <laughs> they didn't for many years. <laughs> uh, they didn't think so. Okay. Yes. So, anyway, um, yes, and it was amazing. And it was what, amazing. Was it a Georgian house, or was it a what, what kind of oh, house? Oh, it was just it? a beautiful, beautiful double-fronted house that had a lovely courtyard and. Oh, I adored it. Oh, my God. But it didn't last long, unfortunately. So what happened? We went back. We went into receivership. Neetaware went into receivership. Neetaware went into receivership. And it should never have done. And so what happened? should never have done. And why did that happen? Um, It's a painful subject. It was mismanagement of money. That's all I'm going to say. Right. But devastating. So in terms of... It was devastating for me because both children had to come out of the lycée because it was a paid school and we couldn't afford to. And then you do know who your friends are, really, at that time. I mean, it must have been absolutely horrible for it you. It was, but I, strangely enough, I was a strong one and Sidney had depression. He went into depression. He was so upset that he felt he'd let me down. Oh, and that was sad. It was sad, sad to see a man who was so strong and knew what he... He was doing in life and had a good path to go down. Yeah. Suddenly, collapse. And did you have to sell your house? Yes. This dream house. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. Utterly, utterly devastating. Yes, it was devastating. But I was lucky. I was really lucky because I'd furnished it beautifully. I'm sure. Because I bought Regency furniture from Fortnum and Mason, upon the guidance of the salesperson there. (laughs) So that raised a lot of money. And we just sold everything, that's all. And where did you go? Well, we had nowhere to go. So I scanned the newspapers. And the Sunday Times at that time used to have advertisements with people wanting to let and sell. And I read about this person who was a diplomat and he just moved into a new apartment in Primrose Hill or near there. And he needed somebody to care. He wanted to let it, but for caring people. Oh, God, I thought, I'm caring, I'm coming. <laughs> I really did. Because I think it was tw- no, £25 a week. Oh, my goodness, yes. right. So it was... It was, oh, I could afford that. Right. I could. So I phoned, and the answer was, oh, well, I'm sorry, it's, we've just talking to somebody, we're interviewing somebody now who wants it. I said, you can't, you can't. Yeah. I'm coming down, I'm, uh, give me your address, I'm coming right away. And I went down and I saw the man, he was a very nice Indian man, and I think I must have pleaded my cause, he must have felt sorry for me. And taking your children at that point? Well, one child had been <laughs> rented out. <laughs> really, right. one child had gone to friends, Caroline yeah. went to stay with friends, and Simon came with us. And I took this marvellous little muse house. Gosh. And... We stayed there, and what especially was very moving, I've, I always had a butler and a housekeeper working for me, and 
the butler packed up every little treasure of mine for me. And he said, I'm coming to work for you with my wife and we don't want to be paid. Mm -hmm. We won't accept anything. My goodness, isn't that Wasn't that, that wonderful? And uh, it was incredible until we managed to get on our feet again. And how did you do Which Sydney did brilliantly. How did you do that? Well, it was a combination of things. After Nishwar collapsed, uh, Sydney's brother found this shop in uh, Kensington High, High Street. Yes. Right. It was called Feathers. And we opened that shop with uh, literally hand-to-mouth buying. We right. paid for the stock, sold it, cash, cash, and had to go back and buy again. And the minute we opened, people were buying because it was different. And it became the club. People would come and they'd want to chat. And I had Manolo Blahnik working for me. He was, Manolo Blahnik was working <laughs> yes, for you? Yes, yes. And was he... He was hopeless. <laughs> <laughs> he was adorable, but hopeless. <laughs> um, selling was he Newman jeans. By then? He was selling Newman jeans for oh. us downstairs. And he kept saying to me, I was called Mrs. Sidney then, not Mrs. Beebe. And he would say to me, Mrs. Sidney, Mrs. Sidney, I must show you my portfolio, my portfolio. I didn't know what he did. And I said, lovely, bring it in to me, Manolo, Manolo, and show it to me. Well, he never did. (laughs) Total (laughs) disorganisation. No, he didn't show me. He showed Andrea. We had this lovely PR, uh, Andrea Bussell, who is... um, no, wait, her name wasn't Bussell then. She's the mother of Darcy Bussell. Yes, it was, Andrew. Andrew Bussell, yes. yeah. And uh, she and Manolo became good friends. And she was lovely. She brought in a lot of people into Feathers. Into Feathers. Mm. So how long did it take? I mean, was it an overnight success? Overnight, overnight success. And in fact, I found my first buyer through that for Browns, because this girl came in, she was very chic, a little French girl. Her name was Francoise. Did you meet Francoise? I think I did. Francoise Tessier, yes. And she was with me. She was a wonderful buyer with me. And we got on so well. It was lovely, really lovely. So how long did Feathers exist in it? Well, after that, Simon and Caroline, as I say, went to the Lycée. And that I, although they... You know, they couldn't stay there. I thank the Lycée because they learnt, they got style from it. Simon was in the West End and he was looking at this shop called Brown's. And in the window they had a Renoma suit and he rather liked it. And he liked the look of this shop. And he said to me, Mummy, would you come with me because I would like to get a job there. So I said, I'll come with you, but I'm staying outside. If you want a job, you've got to go and get it. (laughs) So he went in and he got a Saturday job and he got to know the clients. He was a very good salesperson. And one man said to him, "Uh, I know the history of your background. Would your father be interested in buying browns? And he came home and Sydney was... Because when he heard that they were selling... Well, they were selling jeans at £12 a pair. £12 was a lot of money. Yeah, a lot of then money. Sydney called me um, and he phoned me. He said, um, you're leaving feathers. I said, oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> he said, oh, yes, you are. I said, I'm not leaving this shop. It takes money. He said, well, this one's going to take more. And we opened Brown's. So, Mrs B, your fifth charm is a B, <laughs> as in the letter B, as in Mrs B, as in Browns, I imagine. I'd be interested to know if, how you would have designed this, but I've designed it as a capital B in the same font as the B from Browns. Lovely. And I, I've seen it in kind of light brown pavé diamonds and yellow gold on the back, so nice and polished um, and quite heavy. That's how I'd seen it. I like your detailing. It's beautiful, really beautiful. Oh, thank you. So you've explained how Browns came about. 
But I mean, brands became completely legendary all around the world. You must be so proud to have gone from something where you've lost everything to having this extraordinary fashion emporium. Well, I never thought of it like that. You might think it's strange, but I never did, and I never looked backwards. I think that's a good thing. I didn't. I never looked backwards, you know. My house was gone. It was a different period in my life, and this was new and exciting. The people I met, you know, the wonderful customers, and I loved being in the shop, and I loved talking to people. And you uh, love selling. Do you like selling? I, I didn't sell. No. I'm not a good... No, I couldn't sell. I would advise a salesperson, if she was looking after a customer, don't show her that and don't ever say, anybody looks great when they don't. Don't mm-hmm. ever. And that yes, was a very strong rule. Criminal, yes. They weren't on commission and they loved what they were doing. And that was very important. And that's what they're just passionate about what, well, they, what they do. You've got to have a passion for fashion. I think that's what I had, a passion for fashion. <laughs> I love that. And, and so you and Sydney worked together for, well, since you were married, really. Yes, we did. Hell yes. And tell me about that. How did you split your roles? Well, I did the buying and Sydney looked after the, the shops and the staff. He and was, was he in the shops? Did he? He used to love going and chatting to customers. Oh, yes. he did. I love the face you're making. He did. <laughs> and did you prefer he didn't do that? <laughs> and I used to say, no, 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 enough. Come on, dear, enough. Because <laughs> he would philosophise with them. He would tell them there's enough in this world for our needs, but not for our greed. Oh, and he would preach this to everybody <laughs> as we were about to buy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, okay, time that, to leave yeah. that very important meeting. <laughs> I love that. But he was a great philosopher, and he did tell people the truth. Um, like I remember him telling one customer, because I think it was Nada's customer, Nada come over to him and said, Mrs. Sernsey would like a discount. And he said, well, we, you know, we don't do discounts. Let me have a word with her. And this lady came over, and he knew her. And, Hello, Mrs. Now he said, sit down. <clears throat> Let me tell you something. If you can't afford this dress, do not buy it. Just walk away. If you can afford it, you'd be foolish not to buy it. And she was dumbfounded. <laughs> she bought the dress. She bought of the dress and came back for many more. I suspect. <laughs> well, she remained a customer, but she must have gone out muttering. <laughs> that man, that cheeky man. But he was right. Absolutely right. You know, if you can't afford it, don't even look at it. You know, look at it, but don't wait for the sale. Yes, absolutely. Mm. So, I mean, you're so well known for discovering some of the world's most famous designers. Buying, you bought kind of whole collections from graduate shows. Oh, yes. Oh, they were exciting. Especially um, John. John. He was amazing. John Galliano. Mm, John Galliano. He defied everything that I think he was taught. And he just did his own thing. And everything was voluminous. And it was wonderful. Just wonderful. Breathtakingly wonderful. I'm just fascinated in terms of your relationship with these these designers that you were really responsible for their launch, really. Well, I mean, John Galliani, well, you absolutely were. Yes, I will say this for Browns. It did become the window of the world for buyers of other countries to see. Yes, exactly. If they saw it in Browns, they knew they had a winner. And were the designers grateful? Grateful? I don't think grateful. No, no I so don't think so. No, no, not really. No, or oh, Ralph did, yes, Ralph. Because we opened a shop for Ralph. So tell me about that. Yes, so, we opened a shop in um, Bond Street. So you're Ralph but, Lauren, uh, yes. who nobody knew? Nobody knew at all. So no. what year are we vaguely? Uh, do you, do you, it, do you... it was after we'd opened a shop for Calvin. Um, and then I went to see a collection of Ralph Lauren's. Well, prior to that, though, I'd bought from Bill Blass, 
because that that was another category. And what category was that? More expensive. Okay. That was for a woman like Leah Radswell. So when you're buying, is that what you think? Is this woman, this is, I'm buying for this particular woman with this type of lifestyle. Is that how it works? Well, I suppose the lifestyle did come into it. Yes, yeah. yes, it did. And when you, when you find a, a designer, a new designer, how do you know it's going to be a success? How, how do you know? It's um, an instinct, that's all. It's a feeling. It's a feeling. I don't know, but I'll take a guess on it, that they'll be good. They've always, always performed for me, definitely, always. Well, that's extraordinary. Even from the very beginning. I'm sure you don't know a woman called Mary Farron, do you? No, I don't, no. No, I opened brands with her. Angora dresses. Angora dresses? Angora knitted dresses. Oh, my God, I'm just trying to imagine. (laughs) (laughs) Little Angora knitted dresses. And they were a wow. Oh, wow, yes. And now, do you keep your eye on new designers now? Uh, no, I keep my eye on what people are wearing. And what do you think people are going to be wearing? Well, I know what people are wearing at the moment. I very much admire the way the young people, as you say, put themselves together. I really do. In a very casual mm-hmm. kind yes, of way? Yes, in a very casual way. Mm. They haven't got money to splurge on it, mm-hmm. but they put them together in a great way. Um, young designers... No, I haven't been able to follow them, really, because I don't go to the design shows anymore. Yeah. Um, and were they always, the, the design shows were always the real source of... Always of- were, always were. And there was always an outstanding star in them. There was. Uh, I mean, I remember when I saw the show that Simon Russia was in. There again, she was so different. It had to be different. I don't like great. things... I don't like the designers that copy other designers the me too or work of off them mm. i don't mm. that's not a designer in my opinion you've got to be original but it was very brave to be to be buying these whole collections uh, presumably they weren't hugely expensive as they were just leaving no college. not as they are were now no i mean even i am stunned by the prices that i see some dresses in magazines you know I think, oh my God, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't say it, but I do think it. You do think it? I do think it. Yeah. But then I used to be given £12 a week to do my shopping. Yes, you can lose reality very easy. Yes, my mm. goodness. And can I ask you, just in terms of buying your wardrobe or in terms of advising people to how they work their wardrobe, do you, do you say start with something, a particular wonderful piece and layer it up? Or how, how, do you, how do you kind of see that? No, I don't dictate to people. I, I like to see what attracts them. And I would say, you know, what, where are you thinking of wearing this? The occasion. Right. And we built on that. And that's how, that's how my... The staff who work with me built their clientele. That's so interesting. You know, they, they must know the person. They must have, must have conversation. Yeah. It's very important for me to see a customer happy in what they'd bought. And comfortable. And comfortable. Adjusting yes, things of course. all the time. And, all. and I still see people who say to me, I've still got my Missoni, I still wear it. And I think, oh, wonderful, good for you. And uh, what about your own wardrobe? Have you got still a most wonderful, incredible... Well, I've got a wonderful collection of clothes that I've kept. Right. You know, and I'm still debating what to do with them. I didn't know whether... I think I'm going... I don't know. I've got people advising me, but what I wanted to do was... I don't think... No, the v don't want it. They've got enough. But I've got, like, from 70s onwards... Carl Lagerfeld's collections he did for Chloe, you know, and they're beautiful. And, um, well, I'm thinking I'm either going to um, do an auction and give the money as a bursary to a college, or if a college wants to do it, they can do it. But I want it, I want it open to everybody to have an opportunity to, to, to see designers. it. And yes, I mean, it's, it's, what did Robert say? 
a working woman's clothes from 1970 to 1990. Because I used to wear the clothes all the time and dress them up for going out of evening. And I've got Lanvin, and I've got Albert's clothes, which are beautiful, and I still wear those. I really do. Totally timeless. Mm. And a few of Celine's I still wear, the original Phoebe Celine. Yes. But a lot of things I don't wear anymore. I can't get into them. Oh, but my favourite is Dries van Noten, actually. Of all, t- of, of everybody. At the moment, of the living. Of, of the, the living. living. There aren't many living, you know. It's not awful. So awful. Now, your sixth charm. Now, this is completely fascinating. I love this charm. So, this is a heart. Uh, now, mm. Mm. <laughs> now I, what I've designed is not actually what I think you'd probably like, but um, I've designed, because I like all my charms to I work. I can see to, what you've designed. It's beautiful. Well, I like them all to move and spin. So yes. this, is a, this is a heart, pavisette diamonds, and it, and it, and it turns swings. very fast within the, within the frame. But having seen... The gorgeous charm bracelet that you have. Oh, this um, yes, will be wonderful. You uh, will you tell me why this this heart? It's a love bracelet, truthfully. It's a love bracelet. Yeah. So let's describe this gorgeous bracelet. Collection so of hearts. It's a collection. It's the most beautiful bracelet. It's got how many? It's got old. They're all old, old hearts, I think. I don't know. How many has it got on it? I don't know. I think it might have sixteen. So for for the listeners, so it's a it's a it's a charm bracelet that is absolutely crammed full of different size hearts. Eighteen karat gold, lovely Mm. hearts, some engraved. Very old. Yes. It's the best noise in the world, that, isn't, isn't it? it? Isn't it? The best noise in the world. <laughs> yeah, but it was I terrible. Everybody knew I was somewhere around, so I had to stop using it. That was, it. Yeah, but you were probably doing them a favour in case they were doing something they shouldn't have been. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been too. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Now, please tell me about these gorgeous, this gorgeous bracelet and these hearts. Mm. Mm. <laughs> when you're ready. <laughs> No, that's my secret. So you were sent these hearts. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. yes. yes so, whenever possible, I was sent a heart. Whenever possible. Mm. So every year, once a year, twice a year, sometimes. Twice mm. a year. So yes. what would happen? This heart would just arrive. Yes. <laughs> and did it arrive with a note or a no? Note? No, no, no. Just what, just just in the, the heart. Post, just yes. the heart. Yes. And did you know where they came from? Of course. You always knew? <laughs> of course. Oh, you always knew? Yes. And um, I hope I don't have any surprises. <laughs> <laughs> and how did Sydney feel about these hearts he arriving? He didn't know about them. Never oh, registered. you squirreled them away? He never registered on him if he heard me clinking them. No, I never told him. <laughs> that is absolutely wonderful. So I, I just want to get this right because, as you can hear, this this is a quite a major thing. I know. <laughs> he and never, no, don't think he ever noticed them. Really? Or well, if he did, it was very discreet. He never asked me where I got it from. So there you go. Or maybe he just decided he didn't. He didn't, he didn't want he didn't to know. know he maybe, mind. <laughs> maybe <laughs> that could be. And uh, are you still getting these hearts? Ah, uh, no. No? No. <laughs> Haven't had one for a long while. Okay. <laughs> I think the bracelet's too full. It's too full. Yes, You're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah, they are, they are absolutely beautiful. Absol- yes, they are lovely. They yeah. really are. I will start wearing them again. I think you then should. Then everybody will know where I am. Now, I've read um, that you said somewhere, I've never feel done until I'm wearing my jewellery, but it doesn't have to be expensive. You said. Oh. But I've noticed that whenever I've looked at pictures of you, you are always wearing jewellery. And it's... A, yeah, it's a part of me. Because it's so much full of memory jewellery, isn't mm. it? It really... It, I'll leave all of mine to my grandchildren mm. and great-grandchildren. 
How many grandchildren and great-grandchildren? Seven grandchildren and six great-grandchildren now. Gosh, how wonderful. Aren't <laughs> they lucky? Oh. Aren't they lucky? As I said, I'm lucky. They're lovely. But I hope you, um, you talk to them about all the things that you've done in your life. Um, well, as my grandson, he wants to write a book. You know, he wanted me to write a book. I said, no, I don't want to write a book. I'll tell you. Uh, I'll, leave, I'll leave you my, my words and you tell your children, you know, I'll leave it for the family. And yes, I it's so... Because, because you must tell everybody what an incredible... Well, I'll get him to listen to your podcast. I, I never um, met my, grand, my grandparents and I so regret oh. that because they were, they had an amazing, they were Russian and they left in the revolution. And oh, I just wow. so wish somebody had... Oh, had written about Written them. or, yes. Did your mother not, were your birth, your birth parents were of Russian background? My or? mother, my mother was Russian, but, but um, she, uh, you know, I was 23 when she died. So I didn't, mm. you know, at 23, I don't think you think... Um, mm. You think you've got forever to learn about that, and mm. perhaps not that interested. <laughs> I know I was that age when my mother died. I know I was um, uh, twenty-five when mm. she died. Mm. Too young. She was too young. Too young. She died at fifty-seven, I think it was. Was much too young. Yeah, my mother died at fifty-eight. Awful, it isn't is it? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. I mean, and there's so much you wanted to ask her, obviously. And the, yeah. the same. Mm. So did she, I'm just trying to think, did she see your success in at Neat Aware? Or, no, no, but she was very happy that I married Sydney. Oh, she loved Sydney? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. No, she reckoned he would give me everything. She could see he was hardworking, that's all. Okay. And he would look after me. And he did? Yes, yes he Beautifully. Did. He did. He did? He really did. So, Mrs B, your last ah. charm Ooh. is a rose. Um, mm. So I, I've seen this rose, um, a completely three-dimensional, somewhere half open between a bud and fully open. Lovely. Like that pink one yes. there. Um, and I'd seen it in light pink sapphires. So oh, how fabulous. It might look very like that. Three-dimensional... Um, each petal individual, good um, lord, so that you can see inside too. So it's not it's not too tight. Um, oh. And I've left the thorns off because I don't think Thank that would be a very practical charm. Thank <laughs> you. But um, but you can see yellow, gold, and and but just that's lovely. amazing. So the lovely. rose. T- tell me why why you've chosen a rose. Well, I I love the perfume of roses, garden roses especially. English roses. Mm, English roses, that's really... Yeah. I love yeah. it. I and love have it. you always loved it, roses? Yes, always, always. Because I guess it's, it's such a luxury to have such beautiful flowers around. It is a luxury, but that's my biggest luxury. Is it? That's yes, it is, luxury. really. I so understand really, that. Really, it really is. Um, I, I so know. understand that. So are you enjoying um, having, having sold brands yes. to Farfetch? After it's given me a wonderful, a wonder. I I can indulge everybody. That's what's given me pleasure, truthfully. So all your the extended family. Yes, I can indulge everybody. Well, that's so. And that's been just. It's just wonderful for me. It's lovely because I don't need to take anything with me. What's the and point that's of that? all that matters. What's the point of that? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yes, exactly. You know. <laughs> no, but uh, it's given me the opportunity to give, uh-huh. and that's very important, really. It is very. It's important. It's very important, I think, for my soul. I don't know what it is, but it's very important. But I think, I think you've given so much in so many ways that are. So you've made enrich so many people's lives. Well, I've but enriched my life too. Well, it's, it's <laughs> By so all the people I've met, you know. Now, Mrs. B, it's been yes, such yes, yes. a huge, huge pleasure oh. to talk to you. I've got one last question. Yes. Now, when somebody in 50 years, 100 years' time finds this, your life in Seven Charms, what would you like them? to remember you for? What would you like your legacy to be? 
people. Just be kind. That's all. Mm. Oh, well, we can all take advice from that. And then finally, I'm going to make you one of these charms to say thank you so much. Gosh. But I've got them all here. Look. No, we're going to leave you. I, I'm going to leave you, you the drawing. You are going to leave me this. I'm going to leave you the drawing, uh, but I'd love to make you one of them. Oh. Uh, and I wonder which one you'd like. Oh. The apple. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. Really? Yeah, I'm so glad you said oh, that. It's that, going to be that beautiful. would be really lovely. So it's going Thank to be beautiful. Thank you. That's a dedication so to Sydney and myself. The yes. apple, because that really that must really change my path of life. Meeting Sydney. Yes, yes. Yeah. I must probably because my parents want me to marry a wealthy Jewish man. Um. <laughs> and they had me... Did they try? Yes, they did. did they? <laughs> and it was no way for me. Thank you so much for listening to My Life in Seven Charms with me, Anushka Dukas. Please do like, review and subscribe to hear our latest episodes. Thank you to Fairly Media for our audio production.